Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ready and one, two, three. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. It's bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show. And as always, we do these interviews someday in the universe, and you can hear it at any time in the universe. And as always, on the Ben Jarofsky bonus episode, I ask my guests to introduce him or herself. So guests, introduce yourself. Hello, Ray, listening audience. This is Henry Davis Jr. from South Bend, Indiana, Second District Councilman elect. And I'm sitting in with Mr. Ben on his show today. So hope everyone has a good time listening. All right, very good. And that would be the same Henry Davis Jr. who was on the show about two months ago. It was a very popular show. We were just telling him how popular it was. He had, his head is so expanded since we told him how popular it was. I don't know if we can get it through that door Oh, over yeah, there. downloaders can't see it. Good <laughs> Lord. What a, <laughs> He's go. already asked to renegotiate his contract. There we and, go. Uh, Here we go. And it's uh, really hard not to call you Henry Davis Gates because we know Stacey. Oh, man, oh, no. Yes. That means I married her husband. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> right? I didn't do Speaking that. Speaking of nah. a superstar. Uh, who, yes, uh, Henry Davis, that's a good point. I, I had forgotten that, is the younger brother of Stacey Davis Gates, who, of course, is the uh, well, now vice president of the Chicago Teachers Union. I don't even know her. Uh, and a frequent guest on the show, but she's not here today. No, we don't know her. So we can speak to her. <laughs> um, and she got this big interview. I know you saw a big story in Crane Chicago Business. We were having a lot of fun with this the other day, Henry, uh, because the headline was a lot more alarming than the story itself. The story was a fairly complimentary story about your sister. Yeah, absolutely. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I was I was job. proud. I smiled for a while, man. I, I stuck my chest out and everything. That was, that was some good stuff. But the headline was like, you know, radical leader of radical group. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm scared. I'm scared. Well, we did. We questioned the headline. And so when you read the headline, I mean, I think I blew past the headline because I was like focusing on the picture. And I told her she needed to put that picture on her mantle, like above her fireplace or something, you know, just blow it up. But um, it looked like a Victor Newman pose, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I was just saying to her that uh, what I was looking at, I blew past the headline and I just immediately started reading it. And I thought the article was very positive, yeah. you know. And then my wife came home and she was just like, that headline conflicted with what the story really was about. Yeah. And so I went back and actually read the headline then, you know, and I was just like, yeah, kind of, yeah, it does, it does. But it also, you know, says power to me. You know, I think that that's what it was, you know, denoting power. It In other words, just, the threat she has as a powerful. Well, I just saw, it just saw it to me, it, was just, it just seemed to me like it says power, power broker, you know, um, and threat, you yeah. know, to people that may feel threatened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, we're going on a tangent here, but uh, again, the article is very measured. I urge everybody to read it. It was well-written, good article, a positive article for Stacey Davis Gates uh, in the role she plays as the sort of the, the chief political strategist behind the Chicago Teachers Union. 
which is one of the leading unions, as you know, uh, Henry Davis, in terms of progressive politics in this country. And it yes. has been since uh, Karen Lewis took charge in 2010. But uh, the headline made it seem as though this is the person who's responsible for these radical policies that are threatening our great city, which I was So that's how at. you took it? That's how I took it. Yeah, okay. it was a very alarmist headline. Okay. Uh, and uh, But I don't feel that then this is my bias or my worldview henry i don't see the policies of the chicago teachers union as threatening i actually share many of those policies uh and would like to see them implemented so i have a different worldview than crane chicago well sure i mean they're calling her out and so you're talking about charter schools as it relates to public schools, you're talking about who funds charter schools, who are in front lines, you know, wanting more and more charter schools, and that's the business community. And they are trying to address how do we make sure the charter schools uh, to overtake public schools. Well, we know what that's about. That's about the dollar. And so if they are able to capture that dollar, which is the biggest public dollar that you're going to find, I mean, that's it. Um, then they win, you know, and so we have to fight for our institutions within our neighborhoods. We have to make sure that we keep our public schools. We have to. I mean, that's the only way we keep our cities. So, yeah, I get, you know, their interpretation, but I love the picture. I still love the headline and I still love the story because that means somebody's making moves. And then if she is a threat, she is a threat, but she's a threat for the right reasons. All right. Now that's uh, Henry Davis uh, speaking about his, his sister, Stacey Davis Gates. The last time, Henry, you were in the show, we talked pretty much exclusively about your relationship with Mayor Pete in South Bend, Indiana. Yes. And uh, your role as a councilman in South Bend and yes. some of the issues in South Bend, and that's where I confess to you uh, that I didn't even realize that there was a significant number of black people living in South Bend. That <laughs> they, remember that one? And you, yeah. Uh, and it was an eye-opening um, uh, conversation for me, and it's been uh, a very, as I said, popularly received uh, podcast. It's one of our highest-rated podcasts, so uh, a lot of folks were listening to what you had to say. Has uh, Have you heard from Mayor Pete? Uh, in the aftermath of that interview? No, he- I wouldn't hear from Mary Pete in the aftermath of that interview. I, I, he, I think he avoids me like the plague. And uh, I, I don't think that that's a good thing. I just think that that's a bad thing. I just, But that has been the relationship. Um, I, I don't um, mis- mix my words. I don't, uh, I, I don't, I'm not easily intimidated. I'm not intimidated at all. And so there has been, you know, issues with me in my governing seat uh, how uh, I'm supposed to walk in a door or not. And he wouldn't talk to me. He he probably would avoid me. He probably wouldn't want to talk to me because he's probably fuming right now that somebody really has a real-life experience and they can really talk about their experience with him and personalize it. You know, I, we talked about the time that I was there, you know, even being pulled over at gunpoint and nothing happened. You know, and that was some serious stuff. And you haven't heard that on the national news, not, not as of right now. It may come out, it may not. But those things actually happen, you know. And you don't get those real life, you know, uh, uh, tutorials. <laughs> it could be a tutorial. Uh, or, or, you know, testimonies about, you know, dealing with someone that's on the national scene that is trying to be and is running for the president of the United States of America. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the presidential race. And, yeah, let's um, talk about it. Uh, that's really what's been on my mind a lot lately. I watched you watch the debates, correct? Yes, I have. Have you watched the debates? Oh, yes. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> Obsessively watching the debates. Really? Yeah. I uh, yeah. No. I, why, why are you surprised by that? 
I, you know, it's hard. You know, that second one, I really like went to sleep on it like twice. Uh, the so second I, one, because I, well, well, because I DVR'd it, right? Okay. Not, not the. Okay, so that the first round, yes, I watched those. The second round, the second night of the second round, I, I, you know, I just kept passing out, man. I it just went to sleep. Now, was it something about that particular debate, or were you just particularly tired, especially tired at that night? When uh, I, probably a little of both, mm-hmm. but not the second time I'm going to sleep. I just kind of like just <laughs> you know, <laughs> my my attention span just ran out really quick. Uh, it, it, I think it had everything to do with the content of the uh, of the debate. The questions that were being asked, and more importantly, the answers that were being given. Well, talk about both. First, let's talk about the questions being asked. Uh, do you think uh, we're? Do you think they were uh, what uh, frivolous or? Uh, well, I don't think that they're hitting at the hardcore root of the issue, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about um, um, presidential uh, politics. We're talking about people running to become the next president of the United States of America. And I don't know how many times I've heard, you know, Donald Trump's name. You know, if it's one time, it's been a thousand times. And quite frankly, I'm sick of hearing this guy's name. You know, regardless if I like him or not, I'm just tired of his name being talked about. I think that what Democrats really need to do at this at this juncture to capture the vote is not like talk about I'm better than Donald Trump. We get it. Most people are better than Donald Trump, right? So that's like a really low bar, right? So what we have to concentrate on is uh, casting a vision. And I think that this is something that David Axrod even talked about when they had the CNN afterwards or after the debate talk they were very clear about you know casting some sort of like vision so people can actually hold on to and i think the word hope was used again you know the h-o-p-e word Mm -hmm. hope you know the thing that made obama famous and so you have to get people to buy in uh into what's being talked about you have to give them some sort of promise and these folks that are up on that stage, I mean, they are doing a really good job of just like shutting Henry down. I mean, <laughs> I was going to sleep, man. <laughs> it, 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 and, and, and that's, I'm not being disrespectful. I really am not. But I, if I'm going to sleep and I like politics, I participate in politics, this is what Henry does. I can only imagine the folks that are like hanging on a fence or that, you know, kind of want to get out there. Mm-hmm what they would be saying right now because you just can't keep saying Donald Trump. Well, sure. Okay. He's bad. Yeah. We know that we all get that. Mm-hmm. But what about you? Well, Donald Trump is still bad. Okay. <laughs> we got it. We got the joke. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about something different. Well, the part of the problem that the Democrats face uh, when you move away from Donald Trump is yeah. that they don't agree on everything. So everybody, as you just pointed out, agrees, if you're a Democrat anyway, that Donald Trump is bad. So you could always get unanimity of thought with the Democrats and rally your people to uh, the notion of voting for you if you declare that Donald Trump is bad. It's when you move away from Donald Trump being bad that some of the divisions start. So, for instance, health care. All right. There are some serious divisions among the candidates. Absolutely. And how to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, those are the discussions that really need to be had. So we had when I was um, in office like years ago, years ago, when I first got in, you know, we went out to D.C. to rally for health care before it became the ACA or Obamacare. And what we were really rallying about was or we wanted to happen because we went to our congressman's office and then we went I went to S, with SEIU. We went we went out there as a group. We flew in for a day, left the next morning. 
And um, what we end up doing was like sitting down with our congressman and the U.S. senator's office. Now, I think it was Evan By. He wouldn't sit down with us. He, you know, he sent somebody. Senator of yeah, Indiana. Indiana. He wouldn't sit down with us, but you know, he sent somebody else out there to speak with us. And so people were able to give get across to them that we want health care, but we also want the public option. And ironically, while we were flying into D.C., guess who I'm sitting next to? Uh, a University of Cincinnati uh, professor, doctor, you know, and he just telling me how bad this would be if it was passed. So, you know, I had conflicting stories. Now, obviously, he's an expert where he's at. So, you know, it's great to hear that side of the story. But you have people out here who really need health care. I need health care. I have a pre-existing health condition. And so what happens is that my, my treatment, I get it two times a year, it's like 50 grand a piece. Think about that, right? Yeah, 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 yes, sir, yes, sir. yeah, at least, you know, and that's if I don't have any flare-ups in between. So, and that means I have to go and get other steroid treatments. So, you have these different things. You have MRI, you know, it, so I could probably ramp up a bill real quick to about 250 in one year. And so, I'm blessed. Have great healthcare insurance. How about those who have to suffer from the same sort of issues that I suffer from that cannot, you know, get the get the, get that type of like uh, health care and they need it. I can't see many people without health insurance being able to afford that treatment. Well, I mean, thank God I have it. Right. Yeah. Thank thank God I have it. it. It works out for me. But, you know, you have to think about those who don't. And so we're going to have to figure out here in America, how do we uh, move forward with health care that makes sense for as many people as we can? Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't be a gimmick. It shouldn't be about what Donald Trump is not doing. It's about what the Democrats want to do. Well, here's the thing. You played sports. Um, and so you were, in fact, a basketball player, a point guard. So there's, how do I articulate this? So if you're just playing in a gym all by yourself, it's one thing, okay? There's no, yeah. you know, but it's something else when you're in a game, there's someone else playing defense. So everything you're doing is being challenged and it's a whole different set uh, of experiences. Now, in the political realm, if you're debating among Democrats talking about healthcare, you're doing that in the absence of a counterattack from the Republicans, which is equivalent of the absence of a defensive counterattack by the, your, your opposing player. You're going to be in the—you can't ignore Donald Trump. Donald Trump will be in, in the, on the court with you. Donald Trump will be in your face. Donald Trump will be throwing out lies to counteract whatever. You're bending over backwards to tell the truth, Henry Davis, because you believe that the truth is what matters. But when you're up against Donald Trump, he's just blatantly lying. So the Democrats, it's a real serious challenge. Democrats know health care matters. Democrats know people need health care. Democrats realize they have to do something. And yet here comes Donald Trump. He's just going to lie in your face. How do you convince voters? <laughs> yeah, he does that. And I mean, a lot of people do that, right? So, you know, I'm glad you brought that analogy of about basketball, even sports. So, like, when we prepare for a game, we prepare for a game. We didn't necessarily prepare for, you know, uh, the school that we're getting ready to play against, Wooster or Wittenberg. Yeah, they were talked about. They had big men. They they were ranked high in the nation. We we had that discussion. But at the end of the day and at the end of the discussion, we were still talking about what we were going to do, how we were going to make sure that we score points, who was going to get the ball the most, how was the game going to go. You know, there was a game plan for us. And even the defensive sets or even uh, the offensive sets, what, what are we going to do? You know, and so I think that is where we need to be at. 
you know, play more offense than defense. And so you only can win when you score more points than the other team, you know. And so if you're not going to score more points than the other team, you might as well not even come into the gym. So I, Democrats have to get them together a game plan, you know. And I think that as time moves on, I hope that we will see uh, some of them back out. You know, uh, some of them uh, look forward to, like, supporting whoever may be the candidate. I think Biden may be the strongest candidate that we have, you know, in this in this time. I think he uh, he sends a signal out that says, you know, um, I'm strong. I, I can do this, you know, and, and it can be done, you know. And so people still rely on that Obama thing still, too. So he kind of carries that same type of like uh uh air into the conversation as well we just had a, a guest that get uh, i wish she was here uh to articulate her view because i'd love to get your response uh who was really hard on joe biden why uh well uh, i'm gonna do my best uh, maya if you're listening to uh uh paraphrase your worldview uh joe biden her mind uh, is uh, symbolic of old failed democratic strategies uh, that are and see outdated. that's a problem. People don't know what Democrats are, right? So that's the problem. We're either we're, we're too liberal, we're liberal, we're moderate. We have all got all of these colors that we are, you know, define ourselves with. And then all of a sudden now it's like, okay, so you have somebody that looks like they can be Donald Trump because that's what we said that we want to do. We want to be Donald Trump. <laughs> we we got to be Donald yeah. Trump. And so then you find that person. Oh my God, he carries too much of the old guard. Yeah. I mean, so if the numbers support that this guy is the one yeah. that's going to be him and then can beat him and also get the people out to vote because we have to get people out to vote. Yeah. You have to do that. Yes. And, and so if that is the person that could do it, then that's the person you support since the other guy is so amazingly bad. He's terrible. But again, we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot. It has to be the perfect candidate. There's no such thing as a perfect candidate. Well, do you think Joe Biden is capable of getting people who don't usually vote to get up, register, vote? I think that that's going to be difficult. Uh, I think that there is still a disconnect in there. Um, but I think he probably will be the most, has the most ability right now to get it done. I, I'm an Elizabeth Warren person. I really like Elizabeth Warren right now. Uh, I, I, I enjoy her delivery. I like her plan. I, I think what she's talking about makes more sense to the longevity of America. Um, but it, as I'm still paying attention to all of the other characters and what other people are saying, he, he appears to be probably the strongest candidate right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a Biden and Warren ticket, you know, maybe that makes sense, you know, but I think they're talking about Camilla, was it Camilla Harris and, and Biden. Biden, and I, I, that's not a winning ticket. Well, uh, I don't think it would be, I, I, I'm, who, listen, I'm not, I'm not even sure Joe Biden will emerge from this uh, as, as the nominee, uh, but. Uh, well, then who? Then who? Well, I mean, you not wait. Who do I think will emerge from yeah. this madness well, as the nominee, yeah. or who? Absolutely, uh, a two step. So one is like a, a horse racing question, like who do I think is going to win this madness? And it's real. Who do you I, think? I blow in the breeze. Who do you think, uh, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking a question, man. No, I do not believe Pete Buttigieg. And this goes back to the interview we had with you the first time around. I do not believe a uh, a Democratic politician could emerge from the uh, very competitive Democratic primary process with the nomination as the party's, you know, uh, candidate for president, the highest office in the land, without significant black support. 
You are not you get that right. going to do that. People to test the last time I looked, and it's all you're your still fault. You're still at zero. Once Davis no, Jr. it wasn't my fault. It was his fault. I mean, dude, you want. <laughs> not my it's fault. It's all your fault, Henry Davis Jr. Hey. It's at zero among black people. And I'm higher than he is among black people. Ain't that something? <laughs> Donald Trump is higher than him with black people. Uh, I do not believe that. Yeah, oh, man, come on. No. There, there are some strong black people that strong support on the black community from Donald Trump. There is. There, there, Unfortunately. No, wait, time out. Now, this is one of my favorite. I've, I've seen people out in front of the camera talking about. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, there are some. Uh, I haven't yeah. seen any with Pete T-shirts on. You know, supporting Pete. Okay, I cannot argue that. Okay, point. that's okay. I cannot <laughs> argue that point. It's not against Pete. It really is, and I'm just saying that there are people. <laughs> there's more. <laughs> there are more people who are uh, black people who are willing to be public supporters of Donald Trump than be public supporters of Mayor Pete. Yeah, that's your point. Absolutely. All right. Uh, but push comes to shove. If it was Mayor Pete versus Donald Trump, uh, I would say Mayor Pete would win 95, at least, percent of the black vote. He would have to. It uh, doesn't matter if he has to. I think he will. I, again, I mean, but if it's only like three that's running, I mean, three, Donald John but, Trump could run as a Republican candidate against my Chicago Bulls hat. And my Chicago Bulls hat will get 97% of the black folks. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, yeah, that's Chicago Bulls. We still believe in Jordan, Pippen, and, you know, the golden days, right? The, the awesome days. But I, I don't know, man. I think black voters stay at home. Well, that's okay. That's another story. That, I, I think oh, they stay at home. Okay. I, I, I yeah. don't think. Okay, so. Yeah, that's a different you, and story. And so what the black community has done, and I've noticed over the years, they are not necessarily interested in trading one devil for the other devil. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so they're not interested in saying, well, we're going to choose the lesser of two evils. Yeah. No, we just stay at home and we'll, you know, continue to suffer because we have been suffering for hundreds of years. So <laughs> it's not like, you and, know, it's going to hurt us what, even more. And to, your, and to the point I was trying to articulate uh, from Maya earlier, who was very critical of Joe Biden, uh, she said, uh, her position is that he is the the least likely Joe Biden the the, the Democrat least likely uh, to well uh, to inspire black voters to show up and so therefore well, who does she think will inspire black voters I don't know. To show she up? did not uh, articulate it I don't think that you have a, a, a candidate that will inspire like that at a high level if we're looking for that Obama effect again I mean that's over with that, that was a one time shot <laughs> you know that's over with. I, I could it be somebody that comes in that's better than Obama? Possibly. I don't know when. Wait, why do you say the Obama factor is just a one shot deal? It, because it, it it was at the right time, mm-hmm. you know. It, like all the stars lined up in the sky, and here it is. You know, I, I don't think that we'll ever have a, a repeat of that. That that was just something different. It was it was at the time. It was the timing. Timing is everything, especially in politics. And so just a, uh, a candidate being black is not enough to inspire. Well, so we had that discussion inside uh, the community. We had that discussion inside of the church houses now. And we talk about um, the effectiveness of Obama. And uh, two years ago, you'd have been ran out you know, of a church or out of someone's home if you said something about Obama that did not say you know it was 100 percent favorable it was 100 percent favorable of about him you would like get beat up you know that he was like next to jesus man <laughs> and, and so now as time has you know moved on i mean i'm serious he was like next to jesus you you, you wouldn't dare to say anything bad about obama nothing but now 
as you have more of those discussions and you're talking about the things that are happening and how they're interlocked and why Donald Trump is there and what he's saying, you have more people listening, black people listening about what's going on. And so you can say, well, that was Obama that said that I had a conversation with a uh, candidate yesterday. We have a, a special election coming up. Uh, this lady is running for a uh, city clerk or city clerk uh, took a, took on a job, at the school corporation and, and uh, she obviously vacated her post. And so now the Democratic Party has to figure out who's the next one in line. So I'm a precinct captain, and this is the job of the precinct captain to vote, you know, another candidate back into office. And so you, we're getting, you get bombarded with information, you know, and people saying, I want to be the next person. So I got on the phone with one, and we just took off in the discussion. You know, I don't have a problem having a discussion. We just took off. And so she wanted to, you know, uh, you know, talk about Obama. And I said, oh, hold on. Why you say that? And so she was just talking about how great those things that occurred during his presidency were for, uh, you know, the population, especially black population. And what we were doing, we were talking about, um, we were talking about uh, education, and I said, well, hold on. I don't think Arnie Duncan and Obama did an awesome job with education now. She was just like, well, yeah, they did. I said, I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm looking at these charter schools pop up, and I don't think that they, you know, mandated anything. I don't think, I, I don't see, I didn't see a fight for education. I think the education conversation kind of like, you know, didn't happen. You know, and I said, and so I'm kind of like, you know, nervous uh, for you and us, myself, and I have a 10 year old, you know, how are we going to move in the forward in the future if we don't talk about how education impacts total, the aggregate? Because it does. And she wanted to talk about how the school corporation is separate from the city. I said, yes, but the problem is the school corporation, if they do something that's upside down, the entire community feels the pinch. It's just not the school corporation. Well, the school corporation holds the value, of the, uh, the assessed value of the city. It holds the, the education for the kids. They, they employ a number of people, a lot of people. And I'm just like the tax base is really about you guys are in control of the tax base <laughs> at the end of the day. And so I, you can't like dismiss this. And so let's talk about Obama again. I said, what did he do that supported public education? And so obviously, you know, the conversation goes dead immediately because you have to start pointing at what happened and what took place. And Indiana is a test bed for charter schools. So, I mean, what really happened? And what did Obama do? What did Arnie Duncan do? What, what did they propose? What was it that talked about public education at a high level? And so there's like birds just chirping and crickets chirping on the other end of the phone. I'm just like, I, we have to be honest about this. Yeah. And so we moved away from that conversation very quickly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, think about how things are different today than they were in 2008 when uh, Barack Obama was running. Uh, and he won Iowa and, and he was suddenly the... Um, the most popular Democrat in the country, particularly with young people. Yeah. Uh, he talked about uh, hope and yes, I can. He talked, in other words, he had this a grandiose theme. He didn't get into specificities. No, he All didn't. Right? So in terms of education policy, they, he and Arnie Duncan signed on, yes, with the charter school movement. I believe that was a political strategic decision on their part uh, to uh, show, to send out a message to sort of the more conservative elements in this country that they were willing to take an unpopular stance with a teacher's union to show that they were more moderate and uh, they were... Uh, 
uh, a, a more conservative form of Democrats to put moderates or conservatives at ease. Now the Democratic Party seems wiser. Some of the voters, I mean, they, they want to know. Uh, it's not It's not enough to say hope and change. No, it's not. You know, you, well, what do you... Joe Biden is suddenly uh, Henry being held accountable for the deals that Barack Obama cut and yeah. <laughs> Barack's not around to help him. No, he's not. And the polling numbers still suggest that he will beat Donald Trump, you know, or he has the best chance of beating Donald Trump again. I, 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 you know, I don't know. How do you judge this, right? How do you? And I'm trying to figure out how you judge it. Like I said, I like Elizabeth Warren more than I like Joe Biden, but I my disdain and dislike for Donald Trump is more than that. So mm-hmm. I kind of like hate losing more than I like winning. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> let's get rid of this guy. Yeah. And so how do we do it? And the Democrats are not doing it. Like I said, not doing a very good job of um, of, uh, of charting a course. Well, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. People, everybody that comes into the studio uh, says the same things. I think that's an obligation that you have to say. Uh, in other words, it's like saying everybody should vote. So uh, for what and for who? Well, no, it's in a general stance. Like people, everybody that comes into the studio says we. Er- you should vote. Everybody should vote. That's a sort of like a universal sentiment that Absolutely. people express. So the second universal sentiment that people express is Democrats have to be more than anti-Trump. Okay? That's, that's the problem. A, that's the second. But my point is, you know what? I don't think there's one issue in the world that will inspire people to vote. This is where I disagree with most Democrats. I think Donald Trump is the, most, is the motivating factor in this election. And it and sounds like he's going to win again. I don't know about that. It sounds like it to me. Why do you say that? Well, what's the game plan? We're going to keep going back to what we're talking about. What are we talking about? We're talking about Democrats who have not been able to say, hey, this is what needs to happen. This is how we're going to do it. You asked about health care. I shared my personal story. What Democrat is out there outside of Bernie Sanders that then he's automatically he's disqualified because he's too old or because he waves his hand too much <laughs> or he's too far left. We yeah. can't deal with that. So he's a bad candidate. Yeah. Um, so. Where do we let rest at, and who do I, who are we choosing? Who are we pointing at? So every person that makes sense ends up being the person that doesn't make sense, and we're still trying to find that Obama. That's over with. Yeah. I just said that. That's over with. Yeah. So how do we move forward? And if we're going to move forward, we need to move forward with the candidate that we know that can beat, you know, Mister. Um, ODT, yeah, ODT, uh, uh, and uh, so how do you, how how what uh, what's your sense of how ODT's message, uh, his message? Talk about his message. What's Donald Trump's message? He's is? very clear. He's very clear, and that's what's killing the Democrats. He's very very clear. He talks about the trade, and he's over there. He's like beating up on China. <laughs> they are the problem and we're going to change this we're going to change that we're going to add tariffs he's talking this this is what he's saying he's very very clear and and so how can you like not i don't agree with everything he's saying but it catches my ear because he knows what he's talking about and he's very clear on where he wants to go so how can you get mad at that and i'm saying democrats over there you guys are you listening to how he's talking his base is still with him they don't care how many times he's done something that is like egregious or just really really just like slug it's just bad okay they don't care about that the man is in the car and he knows how to get to wisconsin he's driving there it doesn't matter what, you know how nasty the car is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter how yeah. the, the muffling and fell off. It yeah. doesn't. The, the tires are low. He. The people are still going to ride the car because guess what? He, he knows where he's going. Yeah. 
And that's why he continues to move, the way, they, move the, about. The one, uh, I would say that Bernie's the closest to that. I, I, I mean, yeah, the message. He's too com- old. He raised, waves his hand too much. <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> I know, but I, this is crazy. Let man. me ask you this. Let me ask you this. They say it. When you say they, who's who's the they in that sentence? Voters. They're saying that. They're saying that he is too old. He can't connect with the younger generation. Well, the younger generation are the ones that are like pumping him up. He's, they like I, Bernie. I think he's the same age as. Uh, yeah, it's the younger yeah, generation. Yeah, yeah. So where is this conversation coming from? I was reading an article earlier. They were talking about how was it MS. In, in MSNBC was the uh-huh. one that's trying to like censor him or saying, I mean, how does this happen? You are looking for a candidate to take out this demigod. That's what they say. This is what the problem is. And all of a sudden now somehow, some way, because he waves his hand too much, <laughs> we don't need him. I, I, that I means that, that we don't, yeah, well, you don't want to win. That's yeah. what that means. That's what that means. You don't want to win. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know who the day is is saying that I, I know that most, the, so many of the younger voters I know uh, voted for Bernie. Oh, he's a socialist. He's a socialist too, yeah. man. How does that, now how does that play in South Bend? Um, he had a pretty good following in South Bend, actually. But everybody else can receive socialistic, you know, things from the government. Look at all your Fortune 500 companies and South Bend, all your hospitals. I mean, TIF District, you know, becomes a a nice place to get some funds from, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and they, and, and tax abatements. Isn't that your socialism? I, I'm just asking a question. <laughs> Isn't that socialism? Yes. Aren't they receiving like, you know, government aid? Isn't yes. that called welfare? <laughs> I mean, we're hindering they're providing jobs. Sure. But they're still getting government aid. Yeah. That's the same thing. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I can't question. I, I, yeah, I'm going to question it. I think it's just nuts. Yeah. They don't want to win. Yeah. And uh, some people don't know how to win. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Talk about that. Well, you don't, some people don't know how to win. Okay. So I have to be nice. I can't say the most unpopular thing. And one thing that Pete did say that I agree with when he was on that stage, he said, we are going to have to figure out how to say what we need to say without figuring out if it's going to be bad or if the Republicans are going to pounce on it. He didn't say it just like that, but that's what he basically said. He said, we we're going to have to like, go forward with the message if we're going to win. Mm-hmm. And I agree with him. I totally agree with him. But the only thing that he, I keep hearing in Henry's ear is who can call the person who, who can say who's racist the most. That's has been come, became the next conversation. If I can call Donald Trump more racist than the next person can call him racist, <laughs> which I think is crazy. <laughs> and I'm black. I'm a black male. I, I am. I've been black all my life. Yeah. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't impress me yeah. because you finally figured out that the guy across the hall is racist. Well, we've been knowing that all our lives. <laughs> Tell us something new, you know, but now that's been kind of conversation. Pete said he's racist. Oh my God. I better say he's racist. I'm going to follow his lead. Let's call him racist. Well, I bet a few of y'all, if you go back home with you, many of your constituents probably call you racist. Yeah. Well, yeah. This, I'm going to ask about the, the race question, but uh, the Pete uh, line you alluded to, uh, and I, I, when Pete said it, when Mayor Pete said it, I thought to myself, that is really good. I have to give him credit. Here's the thing about me and Mayor Pete. I got to confess it to you, Henry Davis. And it's, <laughs> it's all your fault. It's not my fault. Uh, yes, it, it is. It's all your fault. Uh, I didn't know Mayor Pete from Adam. All of a sudden, he's running for president of the United States. And as you know, I, I don't know very little about South Bend, Indiana. Uh, and uh, But I've been reading a lot about it. Uh, 
uh, since Mayor Pete uh, started running. I interviewed you. Uh, I don't think a day passes when you don't send me some update about South Bend. This is nuts. This is nuts in South Bend, man. It's just out of control. So uh, it occurred occurred to me that uh, Mayor Pete um, was uh, trying something impossible. At the very least, he uh, just say he. Uh, it could be accused of not caring about race relations in his hometown. Uh, you, you could say he aggravated race relations in his hometown. Very, no matter how you look at it, it's not a, 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 a platform or it's not a pass that you could use uh, to as a jumping off point to become a launching point to become a president of the United States. That said, that point he made in the debate that uh, you just alluded to, what I thought was a very effective one, and that is Democrats should stand up for what they believe in without worrying about what the Republicans and Donald Trump are going to say about Absolutely. That. So it's a competition. Yeah, he said, they're going to call you socialists no matter what you do, yeah. so you might as well do what you think is correct. And right. I said, you know, despite what Henry Davis says, that last point by Mayor Despite Pete. Despite what I said. <laughs> You know, say what you will no, about Mayor Pete. I'm, I'm for the truth regardless of who says it yeah. or who speaks it. Yeah. And that was the truth. You know, if you're in a competition, you better do what you have to do to win. Yeah, and, but, but okay, so there's that. But go back to the race, because don't you think Democrats have to stand up with Trump? Like, Trump declared war against Elijah Cummings, who is the congressman from Baltimore. And this you know, is. You're you about to walk down that street. Well, how should Democrats what, what, what respond? Well, the rats and stuff on the street. Yeah, yeah. Like, walk, walk down that street. Yeah, yeah. So how should <laughs> how should Democrats respond? In your humble opinion, how are they supposed to respond? Mm-hmm. Not to that. I wouldn't respond Just to ignore that. It? Yeah, I would ignore that. Why? Why are you going to keep passing the man a microphone? That's how it continues to be more popular or more powerful. You keep passing the microphone. I'm not going to keep saying your name while I'm campaigning. Well, I'm going to keep giving you extra airtime. So every time I say something, my name goes first and then your name goes second because guess what? I'm saying your name behind it. That's that's bad. That's bad. That's bad campaigning. I, I wouldn't. I've never done that. I'm not going to give my opponent any free advertisement. As a matter of fact, when I'm on the debate stage, I'm not even going to acknowledge the fact that that person even has a name. I'm going to say my opponent. You know, so I, I and that's just me being a competitor. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that because the, the more I give uh, your name some light and some shine, the more I give you a chance to get the microphone and talk about something that may be better than I can talk about or more positive or whatever that may be. You know, so I'm not going to give you a chance to score. So you don't exist. And that's a problem. They keep giving Donald Trump the microphone. He goes up there and says something like really, really silly. And then, oh, my God, Donald Trump is a racist. Look, <laughs> <laughs> look, man, we got we, we got it, man. Yeah. yeah, we got it. You know, and it was it the truth. Let's go back to Baltimore conversation. Mm-hmm. Was it the truth? Which part? Well, about the rats or the, the, the unkept areas in Baltimore. Are there rats in yeah, Baltimore? I'm sure there are rats everywhere. There yeah. are rats in, in, in Chicago. Oh, my goodness. You I know. went to uh, New York, man. I saw a rat that was yeah. like My huge, backyard. <laughs> I, had, I had rats all over my backyard yeah, yeah. Uh, this summer. Uh, it, but uh, it, Donald Trump, the, the things you're advising Democrats are the exact things that Donald Trump doesn't do. Donald Trump he is... Does- Donald Trump mm-hmm. constantly talks about his opponents. In fact, he comes up with nicknames for them. He mocks <laughs> them. He makes fun of them. Uh, he baits them. It, it, you're asking, you're in a fight with somebody who's coming at you right now is going to call you a dirty dog, and you're going to go, I'm better than that. I'm going to no, talk I about didn't, I, didn't, I didn't say that. I, I didn't go with the Michelle Obama thing. When they go low, we go yeah, higher. I'm not, I'm not going with that. You Michelle. No, 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 no. Uh, let me get that out of the way. No, no, I didn't. I, no, that's not what I'm saying. 
You can talk about a person without, you know, talking about their name or responding to everything they're saying. You can go and compete against a person without giving them extra. And what I mean by that is that you can go out and say, okay, we know the field. We, we know the temperature. We know the culture. We're going to just talk about how bad these policies are. We're going to talk about why people are not engaged. We're going to talk about why people should be engaged. We're going to talk about this is what we're going to do to make sure that people in America feel like that they are uh, valued citizens here. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about those kids being locked in cages. We're going to talk about family rights. We're going to talk about worker rights. You follow what I'm saying? That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about health care. Mm-hmm. Minus whatever he may be saying over there with his antics, his sideshow stuff. Regardless of what he says, we're going to talk about what we want to do. And I'm not going to say because I'm better than him. I'm going to talk about it because I want the constituents to know that we're in support of them and their lifelines here in America. That's what we're going to do. We're not going to do all. Of, you know, I, 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 I wasn't in love with the Michelle Obama thing. You know, <laughs> I, I've gotten in the mud with people before. And, 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 and guess what? I enjoyed it. <laughs> because it was needed it was necessary yeah but no uh uh-uh, no, it's just a way of responding without actually saying well donald trump no we know he's right we yeah. got that we get it you know what i mean anytime you go to a rally and people are getting beat up and t- <laughs> and hauled out of there i mean that's just nuts right so i'm not going to continue to rehearse that conversation i'm not going to rerun that conversation mm-hmm. that that's that's nuts uh, as we're having this conversation, uh, it's the aftermath of a weekend, a very bloody weekend uh, in this country. Uh, I forget how many people shot in Chicago. I think it was 50-something. I don't have the, the number right in front of me. Uh, the, the, the murders in El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, et cetera, and so forth. You're from Indiana, a red state. Uh, so what when you view the possible solutions, uh, the possible remedies, uh, What's at the top of your list? What do you think is the most the practical and logical move that America can make? Right now? You're talking about the gun thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought about that. I, and that's, I, now you know I can't, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't have anything there. I, I don't. I, I think that there are, uh, um, there's some strong demonic forces at work, you know, things that we can't see, you know. And um, I, I just really believe and think that there should be some policies implemented. I don't think anyone should just be able to go to a gun show and buy a gun. I don't think anybody should have the ability to just to show up at Walmart and purchase some sort of like assault rifle, whatever they may be selling. I, I, I get that and I agree with that. But that the thing that you know puts me back on my heels is that you can't legislate a heart. You can't legislate a man's heart. If a person has free will, and we all do, decide to go and buy a gun illegally, which most criminals do. They, they're not going to go just go <laughs> purchase something. You know, they're not going to do it the, 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 the proper consumer way. They're not. And I'm not laughing about the situation, but it just it blows my mind that people believe that criminals are going to abide by the law. So if there's like gun legislation that goes out of there, that means at some point, you know, we're not going to have this problem anymore. No, yeah, absolutely. You're going to continue to have that problem because you're going to have people that are going to be interested in still doing something that is against the law. I mean, it's not a, you know, some zero game. That's how they say it. Some, it's not. So what I'm interested in seeing is that there are some legislation things, legislative things that are being put through. I think background checks make sense. Uh, I, I think that uh, the sale of guns, uh, manufacturers, I had a, um, a fraternity brother that worked at Notre Dame that wrote an article, an op-ed that got picked up by CNN, 
and he talked about um, taxing the gun uh, manufacturers uh, for the amount of guns that they are uh, producing. He said they're making entirely too many guns. So at some point or somewhere, they have to get rid of them. Somebody's selling something on the black market. Somebody's selling things outside of the front, the office. They, they're going to places that they don't need to be going. Mm-hmm. And if, in fact, that they are selling these guns that way, then it needs to be a tax applied to them so that, that okay, well, you're selling these guns, then you're going to feel the crunch for selling these guns as well. So it, 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 you have to have a different conversation. Do I have a remedy for it? Is there, is there a silver bullet, no pun intended, on, on changing the trajectory of uh, of these 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 things no I, I don't I, I, I totally believe that there needs to be um, more mental health services out there uh, I think that um, uh, no I don't think anything I know that there is a lot of trauma uh, regardless of where you live at you know probably more in the, in, 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 in the inner cir- in the city circles than not but you have people that live in suburban areas as well that have problems we had a young guy young kid that shot his dad who was a state trooper uh, in granger just right outside of south bend uh that kid has some mental issues i mean he yeah i think he was like 12 I, I think he was 12 and he shot his dad while he was asleep he shot him in his uh in in, in his um in his buttocks while his mom was in the bed wow. so he he, he it, but the reason why he shot him listen to how crazy this is they took his PlayStation away from him or his Xbox. It was one of the two game consoles, whatever that is. And so he has something else going on, you know, so, and they live in suburbia, you know, they have a very nice house. Property value is well over $250,000. He was a state trooper. And I'm still trying to figure out why was that kid so good of a shot? (laughs) So somebody is even teaching him how to shoot the gun. You understand what I'm saying? And he shot his, so Okay, so mental health services need to be crazy. they need to be applied, mm-hmm. and that ha- can happen with wraparound services with our school corporations, and and, and that should happen. Uh, I don't have a remedy for that. What I do say, and I've always said, is that in the areas where there has been less economic development, where money has been stripped away, where jobs are no longer you know uh, available, uh, where bus lines have been has been slowed down, that's where you go. And that's where you start investing your monies and to get that area back up to play. You know, if you don't do that, you're probably going to start having more and more of these things, unfortunately, yeah. because it gives people an idea that they don't matter. They don't have any value here. So why should anybody else have a value? Although those things are extremely extreme, we suffer those type of losses every single day. This past weekend, what happened in Chicago? That's what I was saying. Yeah, there were about yeah, yeah. 55, I forget, I think it was 55 shootings. Actually, 55 people shot. Yeah. And uh, I think seven killed. Yeah, it's not nuts. My head. Yeah. That's nuts. That and, then, nuts. And, and so, is that as bad as a yeah. guy walking into Walmart? I think they're equally, I think that they're the same. I think yeah. it's both, they're both terrible. It's death. And so, how do we, you know, combat that? And we got to combat that. Like I said, we have to start figuring out where these mental health services need to go. We need to figure out that these these these, these people who are producing these guns are being held a little bit more accountable. Or, excuse me, a lot more accountable for what they're producing. And we need to figure out also how do we rein our children in and give them a better, uh, a better, shinier day here in America. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I'm actually. I've already talked about this before uh, in today's show. We have to change the law so that gun manufacturers are held liable uh, for the carnage that their product holds. 
Uh, I think I think that's paramount. That's the number one thing. And there's a currently a, a law on the books federally that says you cannot hold them ca- accountable. So that's the first thing we have to do because uh, Henry, things will change awfully fast if there is held accountable. Uh, it's let's just say a manufacturer, uh, an auto manufacturer. Yes. You know, doesn't have proper safety. Well, it's always recalls, right? Airbag recalls. The axle is, you know, bad on these cars. I mean, they're recalls. And so then if they don't do what they need to do, you start seeing the welfare that the company is receiving. (laughs) I have to say it. It starts diminishing. It goes away. And so that's accountability, right? There is no accountability over there. You know, just keep throwing more guns. What is my constitutional right? What, to die? That's your constitutional right, right? To die. We're all going to die at some point, but not like that. Uh, All right. Now, uh, let's see. As we speak, it's the first week of August. Uh, Time is running. Yeah, time is running. And uh, we're slowly ticking down toward uh, next year's Democratic convention, and uh, the la- the first time you're on the show, you laid out the story of your uh, relationship with Mayor Pete, or <laughs> lack thereof. Uh, and now here we are. Well, one month from now, we're going to have another debate. Your good friend Mayor Pete has made the next round. I believe he's made the next round in the next debate. D, is that correct? Well, he's going to stay there. He has a lot of money. Yeah. Well, but there's two criteria you have to have for the next debate. It's not just money. Mayor Pete's raised the money. You have to have a certain standing in the polls, and now it's not a heck of a standing. My cousin, like my number bull's five. hat might be right there with yeah, him. Yeah, he's like number five or something. Isn't well, he? no, five, six, yeah, you have like to, yeah. So he's he's going to be in the next poll. So let's put on your uh, prediction cap. How long uh, will Mayor Pete? Stay Stay in the race, and how desperate will he get before he calls uh, Henry Davis Jr. up to say, "Hey, man, can we bury the hatchet?" Man, that dude is not going to call me, man. <laughs> that guy, that guy is not going to call me, man. I, that's not even anything that I'm even interested in hearing about or seeing. And I'm laughing because I know <laughs> that's not going to happen. Um, how long does he stay? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. You know, how long does he stay? I think he stays around as long as there are probably uncertainty on where the party is headed. I think he gets to hang out until then. Uh, once the party decides that this is the direction that we're going, this is the health care policy we're choosing, um, this is the gun po- policy that we're choosing, this is the education policy we're choosing, I think he you know, quietly leaves the stage climate change don't forget that. oh yeah climate change yeah. as well right so there's several different like you know policy matters that's out there i think this america needs to get back to work you know regardless of what we're talking about up there uh, the, the the wealth divide the gap is like getting wider um america has to get back to work our, our housing policies are like horrible um people need jobs people need they need real jobs so Yesterday on the news, they were showing like this this animated uh, computer system that goes through the aisles at Walmart now. I don't know what school, uh, school what, what uh, store it was or yeah. what city it was, but they showed how they don't even need like the workers anymore to like restock the shelves right. or the count. That's nuts. I mean, they're making sure that people are not working anymore, <laughs> and he, <laughs> and it's just like insane. Because okay, so no one works anymore. Who's going to buy your product? Think about it. Who comes in and, and buys your product? Mm-hmm. I, I don't, it's like, shoot, I don't know. 
I, I just think it's insane. America needs to get back to work. There should be a jobs um, bill or some sort, kind of like what uh, FDR did. You know, uh, our roads are crumbling. They're horrible everywhere. And it's like you can't keep them up anywhere. So why are we not starting to think about infrastructure updates everywhere, bridges, roads, whatever, and, and clean up a lot of our rivers? They're, they're disgusting. So we have to do those things. Well, the the you we started off talking about the debates and the part of the debates that most disappointed me. They don't even talk about that, do they? No. And, and, and not only, <laughs> not only do they not talk about it, but there, uh, there were candidates on stage mocking the green new deal, which, which talked about it. The green yeah. New deal talked about creating government jobs for people who are out of work in part because we're shifting industries to, uh, reduce our dependency on fossil fuels and coal, et cetera. All right. So it, here we are, a, a jobs program, and Democrats are bashing it. So <laughs> I'm like, saying. I just, you're too far left, sir. You wave your hands too much over there. Hey, man, I don't like the color suit you have on. I know you're a Democrat, but we can't. I mean, come on. All right, I'm going to make a prediction. Here we go. I'm terrible at predictions. I'm almost always So wrong. why are you going to make one? Because I love making them, man. That's the Jaroski charm. Yeah. Wait. Because <laughs> hey. it'll give me something to talk about if I'm right. Can you imagine if I'm right for once? Oh, well, let's see. You're, uh, you're going to be right today. Let's okay, go with it. So let's go with I'm it. I'm telling you right now. Now, hold on. Let me drink a little more of this Bernie Kool-Aid. Very old Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie Sanders is going to outlast him. Okay? Good. Uh, Henry Davis Jr., uh, I know he talks loud. I don't I care. know he, I loved loud I knocked on people. doors for Bernie last time, last time around. I beat on some doors, man. I, 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 you I, were a Bernie bro? Uh, yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll do it again. Yes. That man over there, huge Bernie bro, yeah. Dr. D. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Bernie is, I think that Bernie is so, how do I put this? Unconventional. He is idealistic. But just his appearance. Think about the man. <laughs> just think about Bernie Sanders for a moment. Everything that uh, your conventional political candidate is supposed every rule he or she is to follow. He breaks like comb your hair. His hair is uncombed. His he, he look he dresses like me. You no matter how you put uh, how many suits you put on him, he looks rumpled. You know he he's loud. He's he been talks like with that. his hands. He was been like that, man. You know that's him. He's real. It's it's that's who he is. That's exactly who he is. And, and you know what? I, this guy said it. Then I'm just quoting him. That's. Going up against Trump, go up with somebody who's real. And he's real. So, I got that. And I keep. Thinking, I agreed with that. You yeah. know, I, I keep uh, burying uh, Bernie game Sanders. Game recognizes game, I think that's what it's called. What's that? Game recognizes game. game. Oh, who was it? The big boy said that when he came in the studio. Uh, Drew, is remember Drew? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, game recognizes game. So Bernie's going to outlast a lot. He'll still be, my prediction. He's out has outlasted a lot of people. Yes. How old is Bernie? Bernie is seventy seven or seventy eight. Well, let me look. Yeah, I think he's, uh, he's been he's been in Congress like I mean, there's Senate, three he's been Congress. he's been out there for for a very long time. Yeah, he's been in Congress. Oh, well, he's been he was mayor seventy seven. So, yeah, he's uh, and, and he Bernie. knows his elderly. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie's going to be around uh, at for Iowa. 
Bernie, Bernie will survive Iowa. Uh, there'll be five candidates, I think, who will still be running after Iowa, and Bernie will be one of them. So that's go. good, you know. And then he's going to bring something to the table that we need to talk about, and he always does. And uh, a lot of what's happening is because of what he did over the last, you know, several years. You even have the um, the young lady over there now that, um, and I'm going to probably do, uh, butcher her name. What? Uh, OAC or AOC? AOC. AOC. Alexander Casa Cortez. Yeah, I mean, Congresswoman from New York. You don't get her without him. Yes, correct. And so it has to balance out somewhere. I'm not saying I completely agree with her. I'm not saying that, but you have to have different voices at the table in order to get this thing, Wait, you know, on. corrected. Ring, ring. I get a phone call. Oh, hi, Bernie. Oh, you want to talk to Henry Davis Jr. Make him your BP? Now, he'll probably, now he'll probably <laughs> call me before Pete calls me. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Bernie calling from Brooklyn, but yeah, Pete's man. right down the street yeah. in South Bend. No, man. Henry Davis who? <laughs> Henry Davis who? <laughs> anyway, Henry Davis Jr., it is a pleasure as always. Oh, man, pleasure is all uh, mine. I appreciate it, brother. And uh, it's great having you on. And this is a bonus feature. Let's uh, bonus feature in the Ben Jarofsky show. Uh, Lord knows when this will air, but uh, I think we'll, we'll air this one when uh, you're on vacation. When I'm on vacation, yeah, which is next that? week. All right. The great Henry Davis. Jr. Where are you going? I'm just going to Michigan with my family. We're going to sit around on a beach. And just, that sounds good. Yeah. Michigan City, right? Uh, no, not you, you, Michigan State of. It's just north oh. of Michigan City. Now, did you uh, know, have you noticed the beach is like evaporating there are no beaches that's right so that- i'll sit on a, a like the top of a um a dune and look out i chill out man i'd go we've been doing this every year for the last uh, long time since the early 90s and we just spend the week everybody flies in because nobody you know my my kids are grown so uh but they all come in and everybody gets together and it's one week and we eat together and talk and you know, everybody's political, so there's probably going to be a lot of political talk on my vacation. Well, I'm sure that's what you do. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> we can't we can't get away from it at our house, so it's what it is. That and this. Oh, Who are those guys? <laughs> well, Excellent Dave podcast. Davis Jr. from Indiana. Oh, I love the Pacers. No, I never Bulls said hat. that. Okay, I'm poking poking fun at you, man. I've always, I, you know, I love the Bulls when they had Jordan and Rodman, and I, I liked them when first, they had. First time I met Stacy Davis Gates, Henry Davis's older sister. She told me she was from Indiana. I immediately started teasing her about Indiana. She got all upset. The Pacers. Oh, you're a Pacer fan? No, I'm not. I'm a Bulls fan. We've Bob never been. I, I don't like. I just never liked. I never liked the Pacers colors. I, that was my defining moment with the Pacers. Then Reggie Miller was a crybaby, and Michael Jordan was the best. And so, you know what? I'm going to say this. How do you this. choose? I'm going to say this, and this is going to be outrageous, and I'm going to be in trouble with a lot of people. <laughs> I don't even have the headphones on it. But Reggie Miller is one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Oh, absolutely. I love Reggie Miller. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, even though. I hated him. But he wasn't wasn't better than Michael Jordan, though. No. (laughs) You can't be better than the greatest. (laughs) Okay, without So, hey, man. That's what we were riding with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He was a formidable uh, uh, opponent when he played. He was, really, he was. Um, But uh, no, you can't be better than the greatest. uh, So, you know, but he's pretty damn good. I remember 1998, he took the Pacers uh, to game seven against the Bulls. Sure did. And uh, unfortunately. Him, Him and that jump shot. With that, with that jump shot at the buzzer, and then MJ missed the one and a half court. Anyway, that's an old memory. Let's not go down that road. Uh, now who remembers all that? Yeah, yeah this weirdo. <laughs> weirdo. Love basketball almost as much as I love politics. Henry Davis Jr., thank you so much. Right on, man. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody.